Pastor Varun and Pastor Don Lahaprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. We invite you to be a part of the church. By the way, the way to show love to Jesus is to show love to his church. The Bible compared the church to the bride of Jesus. I tell you, if you show love to my wife, you ask me, I will do anything for you. Because if you love my wife, you do good to me. Amen? Amen. So the same thing, when you do good to the church, you do good to Jesus. Because, Jesus, and because the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. The way to show love to Jesus now is to show love to the church and to participate in the church. Amen. Second thing I'd like to encourage all of you, this year, we're going to have a camp in August 13 to 18. The topic we're going to teach this camp is the night gift of the Holy Spirit. In the morning session and the evening session, we're going to have revival service. So uh, evening will be more free flow in the Spirit. But in the morning, we will teach about the Holy Spirit and the gift, night gift of the Holy Spirit. I would like to encourage and exhort you to go to the camp full-time this year. Last year, we have more people from out of town than our own church, and which is quite um, embarrassing to me because people from, who fly out from, fly from out of town are more than us. And we are in here, but we take it for granted that we don't go to camp. This year, I heard that seven people will fly from Bangkok. You know the airplane ticket from Bangkok. And that's only airplane ticket. So if they can't fly from Bangkok, seven people, we have no excuses not to go to camp because we are living here. I'd like to encourage you to help, to come and to be blessed and to come and fellowship. The camp is fun. It's good. It's building up. How many people have been blessed in the camp? Amen. Amen. Every single year. I never want to miss the camp. If you have children, I tell you, we have a very anointed children program worker coming to help. Amen. This year, we will, uh, we will have a great time together because this year we will not have a lot of churches like, in last, like last year because we have separated ourselves from a denomination. So we will have less people from outside. And we bake warm beach camp to get, give us reduced an, uh, amount of people who jo- because we sign contract with them, 220 people. So we ask to reduce, otherwise we get penalty. And so please come, because otherwise we may lose this location and we will not be able to go back another year if we give up this year to, for the location and for the timing. So please um, book on your calendar the time 13 to 18 of August Amen God will bless you back Don't worry If you miss work for a few days You will not You will not die <laughs> You will not you know, lose your job Don't worry God will bless you back In fact I tell you it, it, I have experience I fly a lot I just came back from Phoenix, Arizona and I'm going again next month to Thailand for seven days. 
uh, one brother gonna go with me, brother Liang, gonna go with me, and um, I uh, in that time that I will miss work. I tell you the truth that God already pay me back in the past couple of weeks for that week of losing income. I already get those income already in, even one month before I fly. And then may I go again? I believe in a few weeks, God will pay me back with the income again. So I never outgive God. I tell you the truth, I never outgive God. I just came back from Phoenix, Arizona. The church is so loving. We have about 50% Filipino, 50% American, white American there. And the church is in the blast, in just Holy Ghost. They love the word. They come on Saturday and study Bible. They listen to the teaching from uh, 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. And then they have worship practice. And on Sunday, all day, no one wants to go home. The Holy Spirit was so strong in the church. When I say, when I, we start to pray for the Holy Spirit to come down, God already came down before the laying on of hand. And people didn't want to go home until 2 p.m. This is from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. People just sit there in the presence of God. God, they really are hungry for God. Amen? So, I believe that that church will be a blessing to that city. Many people will come in. I can see many changes. I, I, actually, I saw one young man there, about 16 years old. He, gonna, he want to go to Japan to be a missionary, to start a church in Japan. His name is Michael. So, he, he one day going to be a missionary in Japan. Praise the Lord. Amen? 16 years old, on fire for God. Very Holy Ghost on fire for God. Amen? So I want to bless this church. Hallelujah. I have been requested so many times by many people in the church to spend some time sharing about revival, about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In fact, I have to repent because in the past years, we have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the church, but I don't teach enough in my own church, in our own church here. I have been teaching in many churches when I travel, but I never teach our own members. And this caused a lot of people to be confused and misunderstand what is going on with the outpouring of the Spirit. So in the next few weeks, I will spend some time sharing not, you need to understand when I share about this, it's hard for me to share like a theological point because this is not like theological teaching, but it's more of experience mixed with the Word of God. Amen? When Jesus spit his saliva on the ground and make a mud and put on the eyes of the blind, you cannot find in the, Bible, in the Old Testament what is the theology about spit on the ground and make a mud and put on the eyes of the blind and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the couldn't see and the wouldn't see got mad at him that he used saliva and that's why they hang him on the cross so many things that happen in the church that allow the Holy Spirit to move make religious people upset make people who don't have experience with the Holy Spirit upset so it's sometimes it's very difficult to explain this kind of thing. But I will do my best to explain. 
Amen. Before I explain the whole thing, uh, little by little, because I cannot explain in one night. It's a lot. It's a big subject about revival. I want to share with you my personal testimony. In fact, I prepared a sermon today about this. But while I was standing there, God spoke to me that before you share the word, why don't you share the personal testimony first? So this just came out of the blue. I need to obey the Holy Spirit. I came from the background of Buddhism. And I have, when I was a Buddhist, I was playing with animism. Uh, how many people understand the word animism? Animism means you play with spirits. You play with spirit, which means evil spirits. I, I encounter many signs and wonders through evil spirit. But I, was, I hated Christianity. I did not believe in Jesus. But I know that there is a spirit world. I knew that spirit world is real. And spirit world can do many things in the physical realm. Even though I was a scientist, I went to medical school, became a neurosurgeon. I was number one in the class. I get gold medal in the medic, from the medical school. I got number one. I never, be, go below, never went below one, number one, two, three. The third position in any class. I was very educational, academic, and very logical person. But by background, I know about the spirit world. Because at that time, I used to play that kind of board, you know, what you call? Wuchi board. Oh, I experienced that. I experienced the power of darkness that when people put knife into my skin, it didn't go through. I have all this experience in Thailand when I was a young man. But I did not know God until 1980, 1981. I got married and I was witnessed by somebody and I gave my life to Jesus. I right away de- uh, denounced evil spirit in my life and I gave my life totally to Jesus Christ. And I know that he is real God. I was saved from Campus Crusade ministry, which did not, did not believe in the so-called Pentecostal experience. So at that time, I went to evangelical church, did not see any signs and wonder and miracles, and was wondering why when I was non-believer, I saw a lot of miracle. A lot of miracle from evil spirit, but I never saw a miracle in the church. People talk about it, but I did not bother with it. So I just went to church, joined the Baptist church, and just learned the word of God. And at that time, I was told by the church that signs and wonders and miracles and healings were not for today. It's for 2,000 years ago. And I believe it, totally, because the pastor says so, Amen. I'm a good sheep. Bah. So when the pastor say, no, no signs and wonders, no healings, no miracles for today, that is for 2,000 years ago. Bah. Amen. So I believe it. So at that time, there was a Pentecostal church in town. I really didn't like them because they were speaking in tongues. And they believe in signs and wonder. I, really, I, I thought that these people were crazy. I did not believe 
in those kind of things. But I did not study the Bible enough to understand. I just went with what people told me. Until 1983, at that time, I became a lay pastor of a Baptist church in Thailand, led by an American missionary. One day, a young lady, she, is a, she was a pediatrician, a baby doctor, came into my house and told me that, Doctor, we are we both doctor. Do you believe in the power of God? I say, kind of. <laughs> Did you read the book of Acts? Kind of. And she said, do you believe that people can be filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in tongue? Kind of. But I don't think so because my pastor didn't say it. She said, you go back and read the book of Acts again to see that baptism with the Holy Spirit is real. So I went back home and I began to read the book of Acts and find out that the whole book of Acts talking about the acts of the Holy Spirit, signs and wonders, casting out demons, sealing, miracles happen everywhere. People were speaking in tongue. So then I start to thought, think that, oh, is my theology right? Why, why um, this thing happened in the book of Acts, but I didn't see it in my church. So I was pondering, but I didn't know what to do. I just kept in my heart pondering until the end of 1983. I went to a Christian doctor meeting in the, on the beach in Thailand. I was, you need to understand that even though I was leading in the church, but I was very lukewarm at that time. I, I didn't, I always kind of sleeping in the church. Not very on fire, kind of okay, okay, perk guy. I just want to serve God, but I was not on fire. And no one got saved that much in the church. The church has only 20 members. And I went to that meeting. On the last day on Saturday, uh, on Sunday, I'm sorry, they make an altar call. We, I, I and my wife walk out to the altar to give our life to serve God. I didn't expect anything. The pastor, the preacher was a doctor from England. So in his ministry, he saw a lot of miracles. He saw, he has experienced that the heart for on the right side, shift to the left side by x-ray. He lay hand on his, his patient and the heart was, you know, some, some people have a heart on the wrong side and have to have surgery or something like that. So when he lay hand, the heart moved back in his own eye. He saw, approved by x-ray. He saw people get healed from broken bone. This is in England. So this man really believed in signs and wonders. He's a doctor, medical doctor. So when come to my, me, he lay hand on me. So I just stand there and say, God, I want to serve you. I give my life to you. When the hand hit my head, I fell like a big waterfall. Hit my head and that waterfall power ran. You feel like, like an electricity zap into my head. Went down into my heart very fast. Then my mouth started to open up and spoke in tongue. Non-stop. Spoken tongue, I never experienced that before. And I was crying and was standing there like chalk because I never seen this in my church. So I was speaking in tongue. When I opened my eyes after that, my life was totally changed. I was on fire. Many people got saved. Now I began to go to the leprosy village. I preached the gospel. People got saved, got saved. The church grew to 50 people in a, in a year. Um, the American missionary, Baptist missionary was shocked. Why this? After that, I was preached with the fire of God. Like I was changed. Preached 
with the fire of God. And I, I didn't say anything because I don't want to fight with the American missionary. So I just keep my mouth shut. I didn't do anything. But I know that I was changed after that day. Then I go on. I went on to serve God. I thought that I have arrived because I got saved. I baptized in water and I spoke in tongue. I have arrived. I got everything God want to give me. I want to read this scripture quickly. So I didn't preach what I prepared today. I just share. Then in Ezekiel chapter 47, then he brought me back to the door of the temple and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east and for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple south of the altar. Talking about water in the temple. The temple represents the church, represents the body of Christ or the temple of God today. And water, how many people know water, what it means? What the water mean? Huh? Right, let me read the scripture to you so you understand what the water mean. The water. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. So water represents the outpouring of the Spirit. The Spirit of God is symbolic. The water or rivers or living water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. I'll continue to read Ezekiel 47. He brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east and there was water running out on the right side. So God talked about giving Holy Spirit to the church here from everywhere. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured on the thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Ankle deep. Okay? Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. The water came up to my knees. Knee deep. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my west. West deep. Deeper and deeper in the spirit. Again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river. Now turn to be a river. You can swim now. You can jump in and enjoy. That I could not cross for the water was too deep. Over the head now. Ankle deep. Knee deep. Waist deep. Then swim. Go deeper. For the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. A river that could not because big river, talk about revival, talk about outpouring of the Holy Spirit, talk about the abundance, about riches of the Spirit of God in the church. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. 
When I returned there, along the bank of the river, were very many trees on one side and the other. So, the Bible gives the picture that the Holy Spirit is the person who will bring the blessing tree. When the Bible talks about tree, it represents each Christian. And each Christian can be fruitful. Is that right? The Bible talks about the oak planted by the rivers. Talk about the tree, the olive tree. Talk about tree, which means represent our life. And our life must be planted by the side of the river to receive the nutrients and the water. So the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the blessing. Oh, by the way, it's amazing. I never told Pastor Kenny that I'm going to preach this issue tonight. He picked all the songs about revival and about the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me read something to you. I know that it's not in the PowerPoint because this is life. I just preach from the Holy Spirit right now. It's not prepared. I read to you about Holy Spirit here. That I'm talking about the river and the tree. And the tree can be flourishing and fruitful by the river. The Bible says in Galatians 3.14 that the blessing, listen carefully, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Every promise of God, every blessing that God has for us, anointing, healing, deliverance, victory, Strength, joy, peace, character, whatever, come from heaven by the promise by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the one who imparts the blessing into the church. We are the tree. We need to get to the river. Amen. We need to get to the Spirit. We cannot just have only the Word. One minister said that if we have the Word, we dry up. If we have only the Word, we dry up. And that's, I'm going to share with you in a few minutes. My life testimony, I go on. And if we have only the Holy Ghost, like some Pentecostal church, we will blow up. We go crazy. But if we have both the Word and the Spirit, we grow up. Amen. We cannot become the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. We cannot become a fruitful Christian. We cannot be the kind of Christian that God wants us to be without the Word and without the Holy Spirit. We need both the Spirit and the Word. And we need both of them in riches, in abundance, in like a rivers, a lot. Amen? We cannot have just a little bit of the Holy Ghost. And a little bit. We cannot say, we want a lot of, lot of word, but a little bit of Holy Ghost. And Pentecostal church say, we need a lot of Holy Ghost, but we don't need much the word. No, 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 no. We need both the word and the Holy Ghost. Amen. The river, so that the tree will become fruitful. He said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned to me to the bank of the river. When I returned there, along the bank of the river were many trees on the side and the other. 
Then he said to me, "This water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enter the sea. From the church, the river will flow out into the world. The sea means the world. That's why Jesus talk about become a fisher of men. Where are the fish? The fish is are in the sea and in the river. So with the right kind of church, with the right." Holy Spirit in the church, we're gonna eventually go into the river and go into the sea, and start to get fish. We begin to fish. We begin to get people saved. Amen. So, and it shall be that every living thing that move wherever the rivers go will leave the Spirit of God. Wherever He goes, will give life. Will give newness of life. Will give strength. Will give joy. Will give power. Will give healing. Will give everything that is pertaining pertaining to life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You think if husband and wife fight all the time is life? No. If your kids go into drugs is life? No. Everything that regarding abundant life come by the promise of the Spirit by through faith. There will be a very great multitude of fish. Oh, now revival bring to salvation of the world around you, because these waters go there. For there will be healed, and everything will live wherever the river river goes. Wow! This scripture talk about revival in the end time, talking about the spirit of God flow into the church in a massive way. To end up to be rivers and and go into the sea, my dear brothers and sisters. When I got saved, in the first few years in the Baptist church, I was just standing at the bank side and look at the water, but I never experienced the water of God. Then I went to that meeting and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongue. I began to get into the river. And walk at the ankle deep, ankle deep. I experienced the Holy Holy Spirit at certain level. I came to America and started a church in 1988 with only a few people in my house. At that time, I thought I have arrived. I spoke. I was speaking in tongue. I am a spirit-filled Christian. But I tell you, I was struggling, struggling with my marriage, struggling with the ministry. I felt that something is missing. Something is missing in my life. Must be something that God wants me to have more. I was depressed. I was discouraged running the church. When we have the church, we don't feel the presence of God is so dry. People complain to me. The church is so mechanical. There's no Holy Spirit. Everything is so dry. It go on like this until 1996. I began to cry out to God, God, you need to do something. I didn't understand what is going on here. Why I was I I struggle so much. And then God gave me a book to read about Holy Spirit. Once I read that book, I repented, and I said, God, I need deeper. Then I began to seek revival. I began to seek the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on my personal life on a regular basis. 
I need more touch of God. I need bigger rivers. I need to go to the knee deep. I need to go into the waist deep. I need to go to swim in the river. I cannot stop at the ankle deep. I am thirsty. I am hungry. I am like a man who was walking in the desert with the dry lips and dry tongue, and my tongue was stuck on the roof of my mouth, and my lips is so dry that the blood come out, and I cannot open my mouth and talk. I was so thirsty. I was like a parched land. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the rivers of God. 1996, I was crying out to God. 1997, 19, end of 1996, I flew to Toronto. I heard something happening there. And when I went there, I was shocked. Because, you remember, I came from the background that I didn't believe in speaking in tongue. And then I spoke in tongue, and I am against falling, laughter, and manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I never forgot when, during that time between 1988 to 1996, if everyone come to me and talking about falling down and looking about all this manifestation, I say, yeah, this is fakey. I don't believe it. I didn't believe that it's true. Some of you came to church like Dawn and, and uh, Susan came to church later on. You didn't know my background. I was against the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Very much. 1996, I went to that church. I saw a manifestation of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit came down, touched people. I mean, some of them are not real. Some of them are real. Okay? Don't, don't take me wrong. I mean, there are some false, some fakey thing in the church. But at that time, I was sitting and very confused. How come this is in the same body of Christ? One church, only the word. One church speaking in tongue a little bit. Another church have falling down and have laughter and have shaking. I don't understand. I'm so confused at that time. I was talking to God. God, how, 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 why, why the church is so different? And you know what the church, what God talked to me? I never forgot. He talked to me into my spirit. He said like this. Son, don't throw a baby with the bath water. You understand what I'm talking about? You see things in the church, there are real things there, the, the baby. But there are some bad things there, don't take it, take only good things. I remember that night, the last night, I say, God, I want to be touched by God. I need the river of God. I need God to really touch me. I'm so dry, I'm so, I'm going to give up my ministry, in other words. Actually, I was on the verge of divorce at that year, 1996. You may not know, I never told anyone in the church. We were threatening, threatening each other to divorce. As, and I was a pastor. We did not have a good marriage. I went out to the outer, I went out to be prayed for. I was standing there for half an hour. People walked by and lay hand on any, everyone else except me. And I opened my eye. How come? Are you discriminating me because I'm Asian? <laughs> Why you don't lay hand on me? Then that group all gone. Only me stand. I don't know why they didn't lay hand on me. So I went to another corner. <laughs> another 15 minutes. All gone. Only me. I start to feel a little bit uptight, upset because almost midnight. And no one lay hand on me. I was very upset. But God warned me. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Keep your attitude right. Don't be upset. Actually, God was testing me. Then I ran another corner. Oh. <laughs> Eventually, 
a son of a pastor from Sweden lay hand on me. I didn't fall down. I didn't have any significant manifestation. But I remember I was stuck on the floor. Couldn't move. My hand cannot go down. I could not move. Eventually, after 20 minutes, somebody had mercy on me, put me down on the floor. <laughs> kind of like this. At that year, the pa- my pastor at that time, another pastor came too. So he came to me and he looked at me. He must be hypnotizing himself. He was talking, I heard him say. So he tried to lift my arm up. My arm dropped. I did not have strength. I was under the power of God for almost 45 minutes. I couldn't get up. I was paralyzed by the power of God. You need to understand this. Our body, why you need a new glorified body in heaven? How many people know why we need a new glorified body in heaven? Your body right now, if you encounter the, real, the glory of God, you are in trouble. Your physical body cannot handle the real glory or the, manif- the, the thick presence of God. Amen. It's like when you put your finger in the, in the uh, electrical socket, somebody has to go. Either the socket go or you go. The same thing when you <laughs> encounter God. God is not going to go. You're going to go. So when you, you remember in the, second, the book of Second Chronicles chapter 5, when the cloud of glory came into the temple, what happened? What happened? The Bible said that the, the glory of God, the word glory of God in the, New, in the Old Testament is kabod. What is the meaning kabod? Now, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't preach what I prepared. <laughs> the word kabod in the Hebrew language means the wealthy, heavy, the heavy Wealth of the east. Like the camel put the gold and silver on the back. Very thick and healthy and weighty. So the camel walked in the desert with the weighty thing in the back. The gold and the jewelry and the, the, the silver. So the word kabod means the thick presence, heavy presence of God. That God show up in the room. Or God show up and touch you with His hand. So when you face that, the book of Second Chronicle chapter five says the priest could not function. In other words, they fell under the power. They could not. They like in the presence of God, they all collapsed. They could not function. They could not stand or minister anymore. Amen. So that night. I was under the power of God for 40, 45 minutes. I tell you, after I woke up that day, I was a changed man again. I became more sensitive to the voice of God. My perspective of the spiritual life was changed. My relationship with God was changed. And that, after that day, I say, God, I'm not going to be ankle deep anymore. 
I'm gonna go to the knee deep. I'm gonna go to the waist deep. I'm gonna go into the river and I'm gonna swim and I'm gonna have a scuba diving. I'm gonna go under the water and I'm gonna get my tank and just get oxygen and swim in the water. I'm gonna go deeper and deeper in the spirit of God. And I tell you, I cannot bring people to. I cannot bring to people to where I never will be been to. I never gone to. That's why some pastor cannot bring people to speaking in tongue because they never speak in tongue themselves. You cannot lead people to where you never been to. I want to go deeper in the river in the spirit of God. After that day on, I have a real journey with the spirit of God, and I tell you, with this journey, my life have never been the same. I have the first love for Jesus back. My relationship between I and my wife has been restored. My kids have been blessed. Financially, I got better. I have more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, more sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. More people get saved than before. I look at the Bible in a different way. The Word of God jump out of the Bible. I hear the voice of God every single day now. I spend time. I become closer to God. My Christian walk, my worship is different. My heart toward the sheep is different. We see more signs and wonder in the church. See miracle happen more in the church. We start to see deliverance, demon cast out. Before that, I never cast. I oh, I tell you, uh, before I jump into the river of God, there was one demon coming to the church. You were you there? Not yet. One time, a lady got. Demonized, and she came here and she pushed me away and tried to dance up here. I couldn't do anything because I don't know how to. I did not have the anointing to cast out demon. If it happened today, they will she will be in trouble. That that demon is gonna be. Amen. I used to walk in fear. Now I walk in faith. Amen. I, I, uh, let, let me share with you with my, about my experience quickly here. I'm, I, I, I don't preach what I prepare. That's okay. I start to really say, God, I am hungry. I am thirsty. I need to change. You need to deal with me first. You need to do something in my life. And I know I am still in the construction of God. I need to move from glory to glory. You know, I tell you, people can know the whole Bible, but nothing change in their life. Why? Because they just have hate knowledge. You don't, you, do, do you know that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the wouldn't see and the couldn't see, they could remember the whole five books of the Bible, but they could not even recognize Jesus. But the man named Simeon, who was a devout man in the book of Luke, who was filled with the Spirit, can, can recognize Jesus when he was only three, three months old. Amen. It's different when you are in the Spirit of God or you're not in the Spirit of God. Your, your vision is different. You see things in a different way. I tell you. So I say, God, I want to become like Jesus. The Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. I want that anointing. I want more anointing. I want to go into the deep rivers. I want more, more of the Holy Spirit. 
And the Lord told me this. If you want more, you need to be thirsty. You need to be desperate. You need to be hungry. You need to be surrendering. You need to be yielding to me. Simple. There's no big formula. Amen? So, I got hungry. And God began to teach me the journey of the Holy Spirit. I said, God, I want every single thing that you talk about in the Bible. I want to experience. One thing that the Bible talks about is the joy of the Spirit. Do you remember? The Bible says, the kingdom of God is not of eating and drinking, but is of righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost. Amen? You remember? The Bible says in the book of Acts that the joy of the Holy Spirit. So I say, God, I want to go into the river. I need a joy. I want you to touch me and give me joy. I pray. September 1997, God touched me. And when God touched me, I feel the rivers of God in here bubbling up. You remember the Bible say, liver come out from your inner being, your belly. Bubbling up, and suddenly I laugh like a crazy man. I laugh, and don't, but it's not laughing because of the brain here. Because somebody make joke. I laugh, it's a laugh of God. It's a joy of God. I began to laugh, and laugh, and laugh. I continue to laugh for half an hour. Yes. After I got out from that, my faith like grew up like this. Like, who? I used to be a very a man of little faith. Everything just chicken. Cannot make it, cannot make it. But after that day, everything is a piece of cake. I have more faith. The laughter, I understand why laughter gives give us more faith. It's like this. I give you an example. Now I understand. In the past, I don't understand. You know, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, God laughed, laughed on his throne. Psalm chapter 2. So, it's like this. When God sits on his throne, and he look at the problem in the world, <laughs> piece of cake. <laughs> oh, problem? Oh, Pastor Caesar have problem? Piece of cake. <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about? Okay. Let me, let's, let, can you repeat with me? God is good. God is good. The, devil is bad. the devil is bad. Heaven is good. Joy is good. Depression is bad. Who gives to people depression? Satan. Who gives joy to people? Jesus. God. Yes, Holy Spirit. You know, when you laugh in the Holy Spirit, every problem in your life is a tiny thing like you just... You feel that the problem is so small. Your faith grows up more. It's like, it's like God inject faith into you. Like, oh, everything is a piece of cake. <laughs> What's the big deal? What's the big deal? Oh, I can sleep well now. I don't have to worry about things anymore. Because every time I see the problem, <laughs> piece of cake. My God is bigger than the problem. I feel that I sit with God on the throne and He laughs, I laugh with Him. What a big deal. And then, I say, God, I'm just only deep, waist deep. 
I want to get into the water deeper. In 1999 or so, a minister. Oh, oh, okay. Before that, 1998, I got touched by God again. At that day, I was crying like a baby for an hour. I cry. I, oh, I don't know how to explain. It's like you just keep crying, crying, crying for the loss, crying for the things. You know, and, and, and just non-stop for an hour. I could, I, like a baby, I, I cry like this. I show you. Ah, ah, I cry like this in the church. And people, everyone look at me. Who, this is a pastor? <laughs> and I couldn't stop. I was under the chair. I was like, God touched me and I was crying. And I know that day God cleansed me from many demons and many wrong things in my life. God just do a cleansing work in my life. Then I say, God, I am under your construction. Please continue that your Holy Spirit will work in my life. I pray. 1999, I was sitting in a church, a great minister who just passed away a few months ago, came to Seattle. I was sitting in a church, and he was preaching, walking around, and I said, God, please ask him to come and lay hand on me. I need the Holy Spirit. This man is anointed. I want him to just use his hand to lay hand on me. I want his hand, lay hand. Oh, I was disappointed. Again. He walked away to another direction. And sitting on this side, he walked to that side. I said, God, please come here. I, I, please come this direction. No, he didn't. And then suddenly God spoke to me. You know what God spoke to me? He said, it's about hunger. It's about hunger. It's about drinking the rivers of God. It's about jumping in. It's, a, it's about jumping in. It's about, God, I need it so much. I'm hungry. I'm going to jump into the river and drink the water. I'm going to swim. So when God said that to me in my spirit, I say, okay. I need Holy Spirit from this man. I need the anointing. I began to pray, God, I drink right now. When I, I finish the, the word drinking right now, the Holy Spirit hit me. And Pastor Caesar was sitting close to me. He got it too. It just kind of, kind of, Holy Spirit hit me and bounced off me and hit him at the same time. I'm, I'm not kidding. Is that, you remember that day? The Holy Spirit bounced and hit him. Oh, I tell you, I began to laugh and that is the first time in my life that I was drunk in the Holy Ghost. Where is it in the Bible? You remember the book of Ephesians chapter 5 say, Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that right? The Bible say in the book of Acts chapter 2, the first revival, the first outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I read to you. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What could this mean? Other mocking said, They are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose. Do you think that they're just speaking in tongue up there in the upper room? I don't think so. You think if you see the 
You think that look like a drunk man? No. A drunk man just don't speak in tongue only. No. How, what is the characteristic of a drunk man? How many people get drunk before in your life? Ah, the white raised hand. <laughs> Do you know what drunk mean? You know what does it mean? Drunk being drunk mean to be overwhelmed, to be you know you keep drinking alcohol, you keep drinking. When you keep drinking, eventually the alcohol will begin to manipulate your brain, control your body, control every cell of your brain, and then you begin to lose the control. You begin to like. <laughs> like this, you know, you begin to lose strength, and that's what happened when the spirit of God came upon you. He controlled your life. Now you lose control. Oh, somebody may say that like this to me. But pastor, did, did the Bible say that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control? Ah, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Self-control means you control your flesh. You control your anger. You control your selfishness. You control your unforgiveness. You control your bad emotion. But the Bible never says that we need to control the Holy Spirit. We need to be controlled by the Spirit of God. The Bible never says that we need to control the Holy Spirit. We need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. You mean we need to be filled, be drunk, be controlled, be manipulated, be overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. Amen. That day when the Holy Spirit touched me in that room, in that I was drunk in the Spirit for, oh, I never forgot. I understood at that time what drunk means. I, I drank one time in my life with alcohol when I was 18 years old. I was drinking after finishing high school. I went to my friend's house and we have fun and party and then I, I, I never drink before so I, I let try a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Until eventually like just drunk, you know. <laughs> a little bit turned to be drunk. All night I would throw up and everything, you know. I experienced that. <clears throat> that I didn't know. Never, I never told dad, and don't tell her. She is in that room. <clears throat> okay. That day in that church, my daughter and my wife have to carry me out like this. I couldn't walk. I was, Holy Spirit just overwhelmed me. I feel like a blanket all around me. And it's just so lost. And I, in the car, <laughs> I still drunk and, and, and laughed. When I get into my house, I still laugh and drunk. I tell you, my life has never been the same. I love God more. I am more on fire. Amen. It's about hunger. It's about desperate to change. It's about desperate for the Holy Spirit. It's not about falling. It's not about laughter. But it's about the heart of seeking and want to change by the Spirit of God. That you want to go from anger deep to knee deep to waist deep and to swimming in the rivers of God. Amen. 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 God showed me in January this year. I went to a meeting and I was upset again <laughs> because the pastor didn't lay hand again. The whole service, he just talked and then walked out. 
So I kind of, hey, I fly here, 300 bucks to be lay hand on, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I, I, this is experience. On Thursday afternoon, I began to say, I'm going to fly out tomorrow, okay? Hey, lay hand. This is, I have one more service. You need to lay hand. By 2 p.m., after he finished preaching, he said, ask everyone stand up, and I stand up. And he said, oh, he's going to go to lunch now. Oh, okay. So I stand up and pray, and he walked out. And everyone, is leaving to, everyone was leaving for lunch. I would stand up there and say, God, I fly here <laughs> to get more of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Suddenly. My friend already out there waiting for me to go to lunch. You need to understand, 2 p.m. already. Everyone was hungry. I would stand there, then I sit down and say, okay, I'm going to wrap, grab my Bible and go. But I was so hungry for God, I said, I need more anointing. The church needs more anointing in the pastor. So I come this time, I need more anointing. I sit down, grab the Bible, Holy Spirit hit me. I was drunk again for an hour. People sit outside waiting for lunch. God is funny. And again, I was the last man in the church. The vacuuming already come, and i still on the floor. <laughs> I tried to grab the chair and try to get up. I, I could not get up. I was still drunk on the floor. Let me ask you this way. How many people have known me long enough? You know me long enough? Some of you maybe know me 15 years, some of you maybe 3 years, some of you 2 years. When I share about this to you, you, as personal level, you know me. Am I a carnal man? Am I a person that fear God and love Jesus? Or am I a crazy man and goofy and not a good, a good Christian? Do you see my life change, Mary Jo? All this year that I seek the Holy Spirit. Do you think I'm changing in a better way or a worse way? My dear brother and sister, the Holy Spirit never destroys anyone. Amen. He only makes you better Christians. He is the helper. And a lot of times people think that revival is about church-wide level. I want to say this before I close this sharing. This is really out of the blue. I didn't plan this sharing. God stand, I was standing there. God said, you began to share and I will give you the word to say. I don't even look at my note. No on, so you know that this is from the Holy Spirit. Revival must start from you. It's not about somebody else. It's about your personal life with God. That you say, God, I am desperate to change. I'm not happy with where I am in my spiritual walk right now. I need the touch of the Spirit. I need the fire of God to come and burn on the inside of me. I need the rivers of God to come in and flush away the dross, the things that I don't need, that you don't need me to have. God, 
I need revival. I need the touch of God. I need to go in deeper into the west, into swimming, into the rivers of God. I need to go deeper. You know why? Because if you don't get revival, no one else around you gonna get revival. Because revival starts from the head. The husband needs to get revival first. Amen. The pastor needs to get revival first. It's not somebody else. You need it first. Amen. It's about personal life that you are touched by the Spirit of God. And it's not about one-time thing. It's not about come to this service one time, you touch by God and then done. No, no, it's not done deal. It's a process that God go make you go deeper and deeper and deeper. You will never go into the full, fullness of Christ without the Holy Spirit. That is His job, is to change you. By His power. The same power that God raised Jesus from the dead can come and touch you and change you from glory to glory to glory. And I want to let you know that even though I may offend people because of revival in the church, because of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Many of you who stick with this church long enough, one day you will thank God for the pastor who don't give up on revival. Because this is going to save your family, going to save your kids in the long term, going to save your marriage, going to save your life from cancer and heart attack and disease and arthritis and back problem and all these things because the Holy Spirit will come in and clean up and save you from all these things. I'd rather choose to be in revival and get criticized by the world than to be in sickness, to go to see doctor, to be cut on, to be operated on, to have cancer and sickness and disease and problem in my family. I'd rather to be in the rivers of God that the Bible say, go into wherever it goes, it will bring life. Her life means health, prosperity, joy, fruitfulness, love for the love of God, the fear of God. Everything is in revival. It's in the rivers of God. Now, I want to encourage you one more last thing. I noticed that there are two kinds of people in the church that have difficult time going to revival. This is my own observation as a pastor. The first group of people are men. Why? Men, I'm serious. Yes, I'm not kidding. Men have a hard time going into revival. Do you know why? Because men have a lot of dignity. I'm the head of the household. I'm the pastor. I'm a doctor. So, why I have to cry with the saliva coming to my mouth? Why I have to fall down? Why I have to laugh? This looks very undignified. Men doesn't want to lose dignity. But thank God for King David that he danced before Michael and he said, I'd rather become more undignified than this for the Lord. Revival will break down your pride. Amen. Make you simple toward God because if he can break down, he can make a brokenness of heart in your life. 
He can make you humble, then you will get a lot of grace. Because the Bible says, God give grace to the humble. So, revival helps the, the men to be humble. Amen. That's true. The second group of people that have a hard time with revival are those who grow up in the traditional church. Because they have been brainwashed by the religious teaching. They never experienced the touch of God. You know, I noticed one thing in our church. People who receive the revival, the touch of God, the easiest are, number one, Woman, two, brand new believer who never went to church before. <laughs> These two couple of people. I remember. And I want to share this. It's like this, anger deep. You know, you, 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 uh, you look at the, especially in Seattle because the water is cold. You look at the water. <sighs> Should I jump in? <clears throat> it's kind of cold. Maybe. Oh, not too bad. Mm, not too bad. And then you, oh. My feet, mm, maybe I walk a little bit deeper. Mm, not too bad, it'll be cold here. And then, mm, ankle and uh, knee now. And okay, boom, swim. You notice? Okay, how many people feel that way sometimes when you go into the swimming pool? I, I feel that way because it's cold. Is that right? It's the same way with the Holy Spirit. Don't give up. You come to the prayer line the first time, you don't feel anything, you lay hand, lay hand. You say, God, I'm hungry, but nothing happened. It means that you may be just still at the edge of the swimming pool and keep looking. And you dare not jump in yet because you, you are controlled by tradition and old church tradition and all these things. But keep coming. Keep coming. And you're going to go deeper next time, ankle deep. Next time, knee deep. Next time, and if hundred times you lay hand, I remember a story of Pastor Kennedy Kin one time. He said that this man came to the meet, meeting 16 times in two weeks. He came and always come to the prayer line, never miss prayer line even one time. The man was sick and had family problem. The 16th time he would show up in the church, the first person sitting in front of the room. This is a true story in 19, around 1960. He, that day, the 16th time he walked out, Pastor Kinnikin said, again, this guy again, he, the same guy, 16 times. He put his hand up like this to lay hand. The fire of God ran out in a visible way. People, the whole church, see a fire came out from his hand. Hit him, and he flew out about 15 feet under the chair and began to speak in tongue, and the sickness was healed at that moment. If he give up on the 15th time and never show up back in the church, you think he's going to get his healing? No. Don't give up. Keep coming to the Holy Spirit. Keep coming. Go deeper. One person that teach me a lot about this is Jamie. Jamie came from traditional church background. Is that right? I remember the first time I lay hand on you. She cried a little bit. The next... Saturday, she spoke in tongue. I never forgot about you. The next time, check. The fourth time, she fell down under the power. The sixth time, she began to laugh. But it takes about two minutes. Now, if I lay hand on Jamie, one second. Boom. Deep into the spirit. Why? Because she 
go deeper. She, at the be- as I say, at the beginning, kind of like this, kind of scare. But people who get into the spirit deeper, long enough, when you see, ha, ah, good, boom, jump in. Jump in. You don't have to think too much anymore. So the more you get prayed for. Amen. I want to say, why do all this thing? Why? Where is it in the Bible? Why pastor have to do all this thing for the member? Why pastor want you to go deeper and deeper? It's a, 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 a prophecy in the Bible. The Bible says in the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, The glory of the latter temple shall be greater than the former, say the Lord of hosts. In this place I will give peace, say the Lord of hosts. The Bible prophesies that the end time church will have more glory of God. Are we ready for the glory of God? Are we pressing into the glory of God? Are we seeking the glory of God? It's my job. When people stand at the swimming pool, you stand, my job as a pastor and come, hey, go down. Please, good. You say, really? The next day, please go down. It's good, river is good. The third time, boom. <laughs> it's my job to push you in. So that you can go deeper in the rivers of God. You understand what I'm talking about? It's good for you. Some of you easy because you, you know, ladies and no church background, you jump in right away. But some men, I need to push a little bit. I need to break the leg a little bit to go down. You know? So, but you understand my heart. But I'm not looking for manifestation. I'm not for manifestation. I'm for the real touch of God. The rivers of God that come and change you. I'm not, taking, I'm not looking for a format here. A form of falling down or laughter or crying. I don't care, you know. Whatever God touch you, do what to you. But it's about the heart of being hungry for God. It's good for you and good for your family and good for your friend. Because the more anointing, the more you change from the inside, the better for people around you. And the only person in the world that can change you is pass aloud. No. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. I cannot change you. The only person that can change you. I want to say this. You have not arrived yet. You still under the construction of God. You still need to change. But God is a gentleman. He will never force you in. If you are happy with where you are right now, you think you are a good Christian already, you are happy at that level, God is not going to force you. That's where you are, fine. You are there. But for me and my household, we will serve the Lord and we're going to go deeper and deeper in the things and in the glory of God. Not for myself only, but for my family and for the world. Because I'm going to go into the sea and get fishes. It's up to you. This church will love you the same whether you want the revival or not. We will never discriminate or put people into classes in this church. But we encourage you to go deeper into the Spirit of God. I share with people all the time that the touch of God never offends non-believers. 
Every time God moves and touches people, they, many non-believers walk out and want to be saved. The touch of God and revival always offend religious people from traditional background. Amen? Amen? And I hope that you will not look down on the work of the Holy Spirit. How do you know that this is the Holy Spirit? Very simple. To see the fruit. Number one, people change to be better. Number two, because we proclaim Christ. Evil spirit will never glorify Jesus. But in this ministry, we glorify Jesus. It's from the Holy Spirit. Amen? I hope this sharing helped you. Amen? I will teach this maybe tomorrow or something or next week. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe I should share the same thing tomorrow or something like that. People need to hear. I I cannot share like this again, actually. It's by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and sing together. Just like a woman with the issue of blood. Let's get become hungry for God. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 